Welcome to the Wake and Rake Podcast, featuring World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and MLB journalist Danny Vietti. Want a chance to be featured on the show? Follow at Wake and Rake Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Now, here's Danny and Will. Party people! Time to wake and rake. Episode 7 of the Wake and Rake podcast. Danny Getty, Will Middlebrooks, the World Series champ. What's popping, my dude? Dude, hanging out. My uh, my parents flew in today. I haven't, dude, I literally haven't spent any time with my dad since it's been 16 months. Oh, wow. Is COVID? And, yeah, and they just got vaccinated and all that. And yeah. So it's been good to see him. I'm going to take him out and beat his ass on the golf course tomorrow. And your ass is going to be on the couch. And so you'll have a built-in excuse like, oh, my back hurt. That's why he beat me at golf. I am sleeping on a pull-out couch. I gave up my bed. So, yeah. The, uh, yeah, all the rooms are full. The kids and everybody that's here. So, you know, being the good son that I am, I gave it up, pull-out couch, probably sleep with a bar in the middle of my back. It's all good. Like you said, I have an excuse to shoot uh, over 80 tomorrow. That's a good score for me. We got a mailbag <laughs> episode for you folks today. I love these. I love mailbags because, yeah, like, like it's easy. I, you know what we're looking at. I haven't been on Twitter because I was making my world famous brown sugar bourbon burgers tonight. <laughs> Pepper Jack cheese, man. I'm gonna have to talk about this recipe at some point. Not today. We had questions to get to, but uh, fire flame. They are yeah. amazing. Um, so I was busy with that and the kids, I haven't looked at any of these questions. So, um, yeah, bit of a, I'm going to be raw dog in these. <laughs> Can All I right. say that? Well, I don't know. I don't think we're I did. I mean, this is, this is literally our podcast, so we can say whatever we want. So I don't know what these questions are. So I just, I'm raw dog in these. I don't know. I don't really know how that how that works, that plays, but that's what I'm saying. Before we start on the mailbag questions, shout out to Ryan Wesner. I hope I got his last name. Yeah. Ryan Wesner, one of our best followers, best listeners. He won the first our first followers. Uh, I should say second giveaway. We had one previously on a show. Yeah. They're going to keep coming too, and they're going to be random. Yeah. So they're going to be random. I might just, I'm in a good mood. If I'm not, you guys aren't getting shit from me. Yeah. The more, whiskey, the more whiskey Will drinks, the more likely is to. He has to give away. You get a card. You get a glove. You get a bat. Yeah. I'm going straight to Oprah. You get a kid. No, 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 no. I would go to jail for that. Wait, if you had whiskey, if you had to get rid of one of your kids, who would you have? Who would you get rid of? (laughs) My what? This no. Every parent has the answer. They just don't want to share. I don't have an answer because I. So I do love them. I do love my kids different, but not one more than the other. One of them is just complete. They're just. Honestly, one of them is all any and one of them is all me. So I just love them different. I love them the same amount. They're just, they're just different. Mm-hmm. You understand a, one day. It's a good parental answer there. It's it's actually the truth. Before I'm very transparent on here. You should know that by now. Before the mailbag, let's talk about this Wilson Contreras Milwaukee uh, Brewers feud. Do we have to? We do have to. I'm so kidding. I'm, I love talking about stuff like this. Contreras and now Cubs fans. Well, they always kind of hated each other because location, geographic, uh, geography. Yeah, it's a rivalry now, especially with the Brewers being good the past couple of years. The Cubs being back on the scenes. That's winning the World Series. 
Yeah. Before I ask you, I should provide some context because we don't, we have some listeners that aren't Brewers Cubs fans. So basically what happened is Contreras, the Cubs catcher, he just kept getting hit by the Brewers, kept getting hit, kept getting hit. Like seven or eight times over the past two years, right? And whether they were intentional or not, they probably weren't. They probably just pitched him up and in. And if they hit him, so be it. Yeah. Nonetheless, he dropped an app. You still get pissed as a hitter. Like if you're getting constantly drilled, you're like, it's not on purpose, but like, dude, throw the ball. You're a professional. Throw it over the plate. Like how do you keep drilling me? And it hurts. I mean, these guys so hard. So you're just getting pissed. Um, Whether you think it's intentional or not, you don't care. But you start to think it is after that many, like, you know, he's a, he's a electric player. He likes to showboat and bad flip. And the guy, I mean, I love it. He's fun. But at the same time, those are the guys that are going to be easily pissed off when you hit them six or seven times. Well, who wouldn't be really? I, and I don't see anybody in the wrong. Well, he'll actually go get you. Like, he'll come get you. The only thing that I saw wrong in an entire confrontation was – they threw behind Brandon Woodruff. Yeah. I didn't dude. love that. Hey, the, were you reading his lips, by the way? He was like, that's f***ed up. He was looking at the picture. He's like, that's f***ed up. It was. It's messed up. Rizzo's like, what? What? He's like, he looked at Rizzo. He said, what? Go, go, go back. Go back to first. I, I thought I thought Woodruff handled it perfectly. He was just like, man, it's messed up, man. Like, why are you throwing it at me? Yeah, he knew it. You don't throw at the pitcher unless there's like for sure beef there. If and at least, you at least the pitcher, low. Way you throw out the pitcher is if they threw out your pitcher first. Yeah, but I mean, at least it wasn't up high. It was like it would have hit him like in the thigh. Mm-hmm. But Jesus, man. And Contreras hit on that too. Contreras, Contreras completely shit on a ball towards the, the slide too, and pimped it. Dude, I loved it when he. I was watching it live. He hit that. I was like, I was actually like really excited when he hit that. It was fun. When thought, a guy's in that situation and he hits a homer, it's so sick. I thought it was a great example of two angry sides going at one another, and they wanted to show off for squads a little bit. They it good. It's good. It's a rivalry. It's good for the fans. It's never good for guys to get drilled. You get drilled in the head, too, like not long ago. Like, don't mess with that. It's dangerous end of career. But, yeah, no one uh, – like you said, no one was really in the wrong except for them throwing at the pitcher. I don't blame Hitchers for being pissed. He could have moonwalked around the bases for all I care. And by the way, Contreras hit it. They asked him after the game. They said, "Yeah, well, you know, what was the deal with the situation? He basically responded and said, in hindsight, you know, we probably shouldn't have thrown at the pitcher. He basically acknowledged we were trying to hit someone. Which is rare because when you even give in a little bit and uh, admit to that, there's a fine coming. Yeah. Although they didn't hit him, so I don't know. I appreciate the transparency. The intent was there. I like the transparency, too. I like that. But that's who he is. He's, he's a fun player. Mailbag time. Let's go. First one comes from at around pod. What's the biggest overreaction you guys have seen so far this season? Oh, can I go first? Yeah, I don't know if he means from us or from others, but I'm guessing you have one for yourself. Both. Yeah. Maybe. Well, <laughs> oh and okay so their socks went oh and three i got swept by the the uh orioles and i've been saying all along like the socks are going to be better than we think and then they rattled off nine straight bro they're nine and three after going oh and three to the orioles i'm i mean do they sustain this 
New York's way better team than them. So probably not. I don't think they're going to win the division, but if they can stay healthy and they're getting meaningful innings and quality starts out of guys like Nick Pavetta, Garrett Richards, who Garrett Richards is a good pitcher. He's just for years. It's like, if you can ever put it together, he's going to be really good. But you say that for like the last six years and it's like, so is he good or not? Mm-hmm. He has really good spin rate, but he loves to give up the homer. He loves to give up runs. Spin rate's great, but that's what's keeping him a job. But yeah, I don't think he he's actually looking. He's looking pretty good his last couple starts. Uh, like I said, Nick Pavetta. If that, that if he's like the number four or five, if he's giving you meaningful innings. That's huge. You're gonna get sale back, Eddie Rodriguez. Who knows, man? I'm. You know how I feel about the Bo Sox. I love that organization. My biggest overreaction was, at least personally, was probably. I don't want to say it's too much of an overreaction. I think we both agreed that the Cincinnati Reds were not going to be able to score 14 runs a game. <laughs> we oh. knew that they would hit the road trip and then they would a little, you know, come back down to earth a little bit. That said, I feel I still think Cincinnati is going to be a very competitive team. Their offense is a joke. Their right. offense is stacked, but they, they don't even have Sonny Gray yet, right? What was that? Sonny Gray's still hurt, right? Sonny Gray hasn't pitched yet. That's what I'm saying. There's still going to be a good baseball team, but I think a a lot of people were like, wow, this Reds offense, like, oh my God, like pitchers are going to figure out some holes here. They're not going to be able to, Tucker Barnhart's well, going to hit 400. Joey Votto. Naquin. Naquin's not going to be able to hit 450 with five balls. Leading the league in homers. Um, That's probably my biggest. Cassianos, I think, could hit a lot of homers, but these guys aren't going to stay hot all year. And by the way, too, you kind of touched on it. People saying the Yankees suck. The Yankees don't suck. They're just off to a really rough start, five and seven. Hey, what about the Yerminator, your mean Mercedes? An absolute tank. The, uh, he smacked him down the line tonight, like way back. That's not an overreaction yet because he's still breaking. Yeah, well, you know, 600, he played over 600 minor league games in his minor league career, and he's a career 310 hitter. So the average has always been there. Pretty cool story with him. He used to play indie ball, and then he kind of worked his way. He's a Rule yeah. Five player. He's twenty eight. He's twenty eight. Yeah. How many guys find it when they're twenty eight? Yeah. That's cool. Because cool. you see those guys. Watch. He's gonna be an all star. He's gonna be an all star. I'm saving this. I'm keeping. Yeah, it. do it. Yeah, do it. He's gonna be an all star, and like when guys like that are all stars, you get there. He's gonna get the most respect out of everyone there because he grinded, mm-hmm. and he just got to the big leagues. He's twenty eight. That's such a grindy move. That's so hard. So many people just pack it in and go home. They're like, I'm going to just go work and provide for a family. But he just grinded it out. Indie ball, minor leagues, over 600 minor league games. Dude can hit. He can play. He just hits wherever he goes. And I'm glad he's getting a chance. I'm not glad Eloy got hurt. Um, I'm not glad Andrew Vaughn sucks. <laughs> um, I think he'll figure it out too. He's talented. Really? It all like the stars align it. He got an opportunity and he's making the most, like more than the most of it. He's hitting 550, like <laughs> 18 for 36 with 10 ribbies and three. Oh, days. so he's hitting 500. Okay. He had it. Yeah. He's, he's hitting five. Quick math. I, I'm a GED guy. So that was pretty impressive. By the way, Cesar Valdez of the Orioles is going to be right next to him on the all star team because he's going to be the one all star for the Baltimore Orioles. And he had a great story, too. So it's going to be your mean and Valdez. I'm calling that, that combio one. guy. Huh? Is that the changeup guy? Yeah, that changeup's filthy. All right, next around question. Mexican leagues, bounced around China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my yeah. guy. Nice changeup, sick. What's the most entertaining on-base conversation from your career that you can share? 
That's coming from at Matt Be Mighty. That's tough. Um, you on the spot. I know you probably had a handful of different conversations. Probably most of them you can't share with us because they're probably not. The ones that are the funniest, I just can't share because I. Joey Votto was always a beaut over there. He always would have some question for me, but most of them are uh, like, I'm cool with being inappropriate on here, but some of this stuff, I just don't, if it's about me or something I said, that's one thing, but I don't want it to be like on Twitter, like Votto saying this stuff. So whatever, negative on me, whatever. I suck. I'm boring, but I can't. Uh, who was like, who was like the nicest? First? The nicest, like Freddie Freeman. Okay. Like, Expected. I was like a up and down guy, like parts of six years in the big leagues. Like these guys didn't have to get two shits about me, but like they respected me because of the grind and the up and down and spending time in AAA, being hurt, making my way back. So um, being in the game for 12 years, you make a lot of friends and then you have a lot of mutual friends. And like Justin Upton is one of my best friends. Um, and Freddie Freeman was one of his best friends mm-hmm. uh, from his time in Atlanta. So Freeman, like me, just because of the connection with Justin, he's like, oh, like my, if my boy likes you, then I like you. So Freeman always treated me well. Um, Votto was hilarious. He's just weird. He's really weird. He's as weird as you would think he'd be. Like wearing tweeners, like choking up like on the label on the bat, like all the things that, like, you see he's like standing straight up this year, by the way. Yeah, he changed his stance. I know. What the f- What's going on? <laughs> It looks weird. It looks like he's straight pull, though. It looks like he's pulling everything. He used to just spray it. And he, I think one of the reasons he used to crouch like that was harder to throw strikes to him. And his on base percentage would be like 900. (laughs) Knowing how Votto is, too, like that's something he would do. Yeah. But now it looks like he's just going straight pull homers, which I respect it. And that ballpark, just barrel it. By the way, you're talking about conversations with guys. I feel like you're conversations might have gotten a little bit lighter and more positive once you got one of these one of these rings across your finger once you got yeah. that world series ring i thought i think people wanted to maybe i, keep it, cl- your I brain. keep it close yeah the conversation started to spike once you got one of those uh what yeah, i guess yeah. sorry i didn't mean to cut you off there. i didn't have a good story that i wanted to share just because i didn't want to throw guys under the bus sorry he tells me all the stories so if you want to know just dm me all yeah. the time uh at joe deboo what's one rule change you want to see in the game oh my god i know so i keep going first sorry um that a base runner can did you have to throw a guy out at first after a drop third strike yeah like why why the hell do you want to award a hitter for swinging at a pitch that's so god awful that a catcher can't even catch it I know you have some dumb comparison you want to please yeah. give me an, anal- an analogy here. What do you well, got? Okay. Well, I can see all, the wheels spinning. Yeah, you, awesome. You're always thinking when you do this, you look up, you're like staring up like, Oh shit. What's he going to say? It's a podcast. People can't see what face you're making right now. Just, uh, we're on YouTube. So you can, <laughs> first of all, from a pitcher's perspective, it's total bullshit. Did you make that good of a pitch? You make a guy swing. that. Right. If you spike a curveball at 54 feet, and he space. Just go back to the dugout. Ridiculous. It has a stupid rule. I'm totally with you. Look, if you if you're a hitter and you swing at a uh, spike fastball or spike breaking ball that didn't even get to the plate, walk to the dugout, 
and go stand in the corner till the end of the inning. In the corner. Put your nose in the corner. Think about what you did. <laughs> okay, Trust me, I've analogy. been there a lot. And here's I got on base a lot because of it. <laughs> here's my analogy. It's like in football, like a def- like a linebacker recovers a fumble. And then instead of them tackling each other and trying to figure out like who has the ball, whatever, the guy who fumbled the ball and the guy who cr- recovered the ball, they are going to sprint to the end zone and whoever reaches the end zone first gets the ball. That's my analogy. But yes. It makes kind of sense. It doesn't have to make sense because it's the dumbest rule on earth. Next question. Am I, can I share mine? No. Yeah, go ahead. Warm up pitchers for pitchers. The well, amount. I So I pitched. Okay, I know how many pitches you need. You do not need seven, eight pitches to get warmed up on a mound. Give them two. Two? Two. Give them a fastball and a breaking ball. You're good to go. Bro. You got guys like Jamie Moyer, Felix, like these guys that are old. It's like, you got to warm that corpse back up. They've been throwing 30 pitches out in the bullpen. What? They've already. Oh, 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 relievers. Relievers. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought you meant in between innings ever. Like, oh, I'm just, no. Well, no. No, like you go sit in the, yeah, you get your seven pitches. Like, that's cool. Even starters, though. Plus, even as an infielder, like, I like throwing a couple across. That's fair. That's fair. That's fine. Give them five. Fair. But, but but a reliever coming in, give them two pitches. They've been throwing 30 pitches on the bullpen. I understand comfortability. The mound is different on the game mound than in the bullpen. I totally right, understand right. that. But you don't need seven, eight pitches. Let's get uh, it. Give them, like, three. Let's get it going. Let's get three. it. Three. Give them three. Next question. Comes from Clay Buckholtz's fan account at Buckholtz Return. Do you guys? Oh, that's the emoji picture. I know that one. Yeah, he he's a good listener. I like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's uh, on us a lot. He's good. Do you guys ever study umpires before a game and let oh. them change your approach at all? You know what's wild about that? So as a hitter, I didn't really look into this much. Sometimes, if a guy was known for being bad, um, but pitchers and catchers actually, we would have scouting reports on umpires so mm-hmm. it would show a zone right-handed hitter left-handed hitter and it would have be like red like his hot zone where he would call it off the plate and then he'd be blue in the zone where he missed strikes so let's say i'm a right-handed hitter and let's say he set up like on the inside part of the plate mm-hmm. so the pitch away to a righty he couldn't see as well so he would either miss the one on the corner or he would call like that that's just beyond the point we got scouting reports if you wanted it the pitcher and catcher always had it it was a heat map you know like when you show hitters like where the hot zones are and cold zones are same thing but it was umpires where they like to call pitches off the zone and in the where they miss one in the zone it's really cool and it'd be like it could go back like five like as long as you want like five years thousands and thousands of pitches so you would know, like, all right, the right-handed hitters, he loves calling it a few inches off. So you just pound it away, pound it away. Or, you know, he doesn't really call it on the corner in to righty. So stay away from that because you're just wasting a pitch. What was the uh, scouting report on Angel Hernandez? Um, it was mostly blue because he just, like, missed everything. <laughs> no, uh, I, I actually never looked at one of Angel Hernandez. Yeah, that even at the college level, we would use it we would use college umpires zone star advantage. Like we had this guy named Bruce and we knew he was a terrible umpire, 
really, really bad umpire, but he always gave that low and away fastball strike. As long as you split the catcher's legs. That sucks. So you see like the, like the little league videos, I'm squaring up the, the catcher and it's like in the other batter's box. I cannot yeah. stand umpires that only call a strike if they split the catcher's leg. A strike is a strike. Doesn't matter if the catcher's sitting over on the first baseline. A strike's a strike. I'm glad you said that because you're a pitcher. Most pitchers are like, do a good pitch. It should be a strike. It's like, it's not a good pitch. Like, it's either over the plate or it's not. By the way, I have a scouting report story for you. So yeah, people yeah. always wonder, like, how in-depth and how crazy are scouting reports? And I can't touch on the big leagues. You probably have different stories of your own. They'll be flexing on me. Just even at the scouting reports in the college level. So we, we had this guy, I don't want to call him out because he's very professional. I don't think he'd want me sharing the story. So I'll keep him anonymous. Okay. We had a scouting report on each player for our opponents. And we had this pitcher and we'd go over to the scouting report. And this one specific pitcher, I want to say pitch for Westmont, which is down in Southern California. And it said on there, it said, you know, good breaking ball, fastballs, upper 80s. You know, good fastball, good breaking ball. And then at the bottom, it says, no confidence has hot sister. <laughs> Late, a couple That weekend, one of our players saw that and, like, must have wrote it down and was like, remember that. This, that weekend, he slid his, he found his sister on Instagram, yes. slid in his DMs. She screenshotted it. It made it to the media. And then we got called out on Twitter. And he told her, because she, she was like, how did you, how do you know who I am? And he's like, oh, our coach put you on our scouting report. That's amazing. Screenshotted it, and we were in Twitter fame for about two days. NAI Twitter fame. Should say. Hey, that's cool. I love stuff like that. That's and he gets under people. I like get under skin a little bit. Yeah. That's how in-depth scouting reports can be. <laughs> Are the Angels now the biggest threat to the Astros in the American League West? Shia Silverstein wants to know. 120 million percent, yes. Yes. They're so talented and they're pitching. They're peach they're peaching. They're pitching decent. They that's what we said all along. Like they don't have to be elite. They don't have to be like top of the league in ERA or whatever stat you want to use for pitchers since ERA isn't that important anymore, even though it kinda is. Um yeah. what? It, it matters. I, I'm not I know that was just like on social media. If you ever say anything about ERA, like ERA doesn't matter. Like, well, it kind of does matter how many runs you give up, but it does. Okay. Whatever you say, John. Um, yeah. I mean, all they have to do is be like a little bit above average and let their offense work if their offense is healthy and working, but they have been. And they have that one guy named, uh, you don't know who I'm going to say, huh? Am I going to say Mike Trout or am I going to say Otani San or Anthony Rendon? Dude, can you imagine being Rendon? And you're like, hey, guys, remember me? I'm still here. Mm-hmm. And then there's a guy with like almost 700 home runs also on their team. <laughs> Anthony Rendon is like the Chris Bosh of the Miami Heat because you had D. Wade, you had LeBron, and people completely forgot that Chris Bosh was like a unanimous all-star with the Raptors. Dude, that's Anthony that nuts? Like, and Rendon's probably one of the best, if not the best third baseman in baseball. Arnado probably is, but... Rendon's right there, numbers-wise, yeah. offensively. I mean, and, and he didn't play in Coors. So. I made this case with Oakland earlier. This is a previous episode. And I said Max Scherzer to Oakland makes sense. I'll change that a little bit. Max Scherzer to some yeah. team in the American League West. Uh, yeah. I guarantee the wheels are turning like, oh, man, we're actually playing pretty good. Who are we going to get? Right. And Mac, uh, the Nationals – that three and six starts of the season, they don't look good either. I mean, yeah. 
early. I'm just saying if the national the Yankees season, haven't looked great either, but they're still going to make if, a run at the pennant. Then starts to take a turn for the worst. I mean, Washington, the Los Angeles Angels would be a great fit for Max Scherzer if Oakland can rebound from their five and seven start. Which you I know where else Scherzer could go, but the Yankees are going to. It depends on how much. How much is Scherzer making this year? Because we're going to have to look at how much he's going to cost for like two months. We figured this out on – it was like 30, 30 to $35 million and then for like a two, three-month rental, it would be around 10 to $12 million. So that's going to be cutting it close for luxury tax for the, the Yankees unless they traded someone that was making a couple million dollars. Because he could go to New York too. He could. But I mean, he- they would have to really work it out where the Nationals paid a certain amount of money or they – swapped a player that was making money that way they stayed under because you're not going to go the whole season and then go over it's like so or the trade deadline and then decide like okay now we're going to go over the luxury tax so i don't know how that works it's gonna be that that reminds me i definitely think the west coast might be calling his name it makes sense right oakland's gonna have to heat up which they will i think they have a pretty weak schedule coming up I said let's check back first week of May because they play Diamondbacks, the Orioles twice, which the Orioles haven't been terrible, but um, they're not the Dodgers and Astros they've been playing. So, yeah. By the way, have I not been the biggest proponent of like Shohei being a two way guy? Like both of us are pretty much in. Yeah, favor. yeah, yeah. I love that idea. Yeah. I got told this weekend that I was by some Angels dummy. He's like, you said two months ago that. Shohei should stick to hitting. I'm like, I never said that, brother. Two months ago? I don't know. I don't remember what you said yesterday. Honestly. Either way, always been a big You mentioned the Dodgers. We're going to have a Dodgers Padres preview, and we're going to have a little bit of a special guest joining us on tomorrow's episode coming out Friday. And who is that person? Do you want me to say it? Yeah. I don't know if you were like holding on to you. it. I was, I was Alan Rizzo, bro. It's Alana Rizzo. She used to be the sideline reporter for the Dodgers for years. She's a legend. Now she's working for MLB Network. Um, just a genius when it comes to the media side of baseball. Understands it inside and out. Knows obviously knows the Dodgers organization really well. Knows the Padres really well, just because obviously they're in the division and she's talked about them for years. So. She's going to bless us with, with her presence, and it uh, should be a good time. I love it. This is a fun mailbag session. This is good. It's short. We got to do this once a week. I love this, and it gets um, – I like getting our followers and listeners involved. Like, that's what this is about. It's a community, so I'm enjoying it. We're Ooh. growing. We're growing. Yeah, shout-out to our new followers, too. Up Dude, over- we're up to, like, almost 700 followers, guys. Yep. And that's in two weeks. T- tomorrow marks two weeks of this pod, so – uh, big ups to you guys, and, and thank you for your support thus far. But we're just now getting started. Speaking of uh, advancements with this podcast, Rowdy Energy, mm. do you want 20, 20%? 10. For a 10% discount. Oh, it's 10% and free shipping. For a 10% discount plus free shipping for Rowdy Energy, use promo code Wake and Rate. Yeah, so this is really good energy drink. My fridge is loaded. Our, we have a fridge in the garage. It's a little loaded up. Strawberry lemonade. Chef's kiss. So good. It's so good. And it has a bunch of electrolytes in it, too. You know, like, uh, I'm not just saying this to sell it, by the way. I actually really enjoy it because energy drinks dry me out. I've pulled muscles on energy drinks in games, like monsters and stuff like that. Because it's a, it's a diuretic, caffeine, a ton of, you know, it dries you out. Right. 
this has electrolytes in it, so it kind of fights that. So it's pretty cool. 160 grams of caffeine. It's like a couple cups of coffee, maybe three, depending on the coffee. How much are they paying you? Because they ain't paying me shit. They're not paying me anything. They're not paying me anything. But it's a good drink. I actually really enjoy it. It tastes good. It doesn't have a bunch of the shit in it. It makes you feel terrible and crash. They use green tea extract for caffeine. So it's like a healthy energy drink. You actually don't feel like shit. It's pretty cool. I like it. Who's got the advantage, Padres or Dodgers, coming up this weekend? We're going to find out, and we're going to be talking about whether Fernando Tatis Jr. will play with Alana Rizzo joining us on the next episode of the Wake and Rake podcast. Adios, party people. Shut them down, open up shop. Oh, oh, oh.